If you've ever thought of quilting your own projects but just don't know where to start, I have the perfect first steps for you. I've put together a PDF guide. I call it Three Steps Toward Freehand Freedom. These are the baby steps, but they can help you move past your overwhelm and show you that yes indeed, freehand quilting can be learned. So if you'd like to snag this PDF, there's a link in the show notes, or if you're an Instagram user, just message me three steps. That's the number three, S-T-E-P-S, and I'll send you that link. Let today be the day you get started. So I got curious and I decided to make one and then one led to two and then two led to three and before I knew it I was making a bunch of half square triangles and loving it like the I it kind of dawned on me as I was making these half square triangles that what quilting is all about is um, piecing different fabrics together right is combining different prints different colors and that is my jam. Welcome to Measure Twice, Cut Once, the podcast where we hear quilters and other crafter stories and draw encouragement and even life lessons from them. Today's guest is Shannon Fraser. I'm your host, Susan Smith, coming to you from my quilting studio, Stitched by Susan. This is where my long arm, Lucy, and I spend lots of hours doing freehand, mostly edge-to-edge quilting. If you're not a quilter and those terms mean nothing to you, it's basically doodling on the surface of a quilt with a 50-pound writing utensil, needle and thread attached at really high speed. And if you are a machine quilter, I invite you to tune in to the live and unscripted events that I host. In the past, they've been on my YouTube channel, but just this week, we've added Facebook as a venue, so now you can view them equally in either place. These air on the first and third Friday of every month. They're streamed live and in real time. Honestly, even the thread breaks and the oopses are there. I just welcome you into my studio to watch as I work through a project and chat about the processes and decisions as I go. Plus, they're interactive, meaning you can ask questions and get answers about the project while I'm working on it. So once again, those air the first and third Friday of each month. Just look for Stitched by Susan on YouTube or Facebook to find upcoming and past events. let you in on a little secret. I don't like shopping. And especially I don't enjoy shopping for clothes. It feels incredibly time consuming and gosh, there's a million other things I'd rather be doing. So I've found a solution at Stitch Fix. It's an online apparel shopping service and it's entirely personalized. So I set up my own account with delivery frequency, a price point that's comfortable for me, my sizes and taste. And I even have the option of adding jewelry, bags, shoes, or other accessories. I've had the same designer for a couple of years and oh, she's got me dialed in. If you'd like to give Stitch Fix a try, they're offering $25 off your first order. Just use the link provided in the show notes and have fun shopping their enormous collection. All right, on to pins and needles with a quick tip for all you sharp quilters out there. My guest Shannon today has a theme running through a lot of her blog posts and even her patterns, and that is low waste or using what you have. And also yesterday I was working on a quilt where I had a piece of batting that I wanted to use up, but it wasn't quite large enough. And of course I have lots of small scraps of batting laying around too. So 
I thought it would be fun to tell you today about a way that I splice my batting that is super easy and can actually be done while a quilt is on the long arm. So what I do is I smooth out my existing piece of batting and I overlap my extra piece that I want to splice on by about three inches and lay it right over the top. Then I take a pair of scissors and I cut through both layers in a scallop shape. And the scallops are, oh, about an inch and a half deep and maybe six or seven wide. And they do not have to be accurate at all. But the scallop shape is important, the curves. So cut all the way across from one side to the other and then pull out the little excess trimmings so that you've got a top batting piece and a bottom backing piece and the scalloped edges exactly match up. Make sure that your new batting piece is pushed up really snugly against, almost overlapping, but not quite. You never want those to be pulling apart. The beauty of the scallop is that it keeps there from being a straight line that ever forms a fold or a crease that shows in the finished quilt. And I do not stitch that scalloped edge. I simply fold my quilt top over it and continue on quilting. I do think it's important that you've got fairly close quilting, that you don't have a loose three or four or five inch spaces between your lines of stitching. So a closer quilting, you know, half inch, one inch, maybe an inch and a half, and that will keep that splice very secure. So I've tried to describe this in words, but if you want to see it in action, check out the episode on my YouTube channel that's called Batting. And of course, I'm chatty, so there's a lot of stuff going on beforehand, but if you forward to about the 18-minute mark, you can see the exact process. You'll find it's really easy, and it's a great way to use up your batting scraps. Shannon Fraser became a quilter unexpectedly. In fact, she says she had discounted quilting as an interest entirely, but never say never. Shannon's going to tell us the story of textile exploration that eventually led her to quilting and pattern design. She's going to give us a glimpse into the world of pattern designing and how her goal in her designs is to make each project really achievable, no matter what your skill level is. It's a matter of clear and comprehensive and full instructions, working through them step by logical step, and then a variety of teaching styles and supporting resources. Shannon has published a number of digital patterns. She hosts and collaborates on quilt-alongs, which are kind of a virtual sewing group. And she has a beautifully written blog featuring many, many tutorials. And she has so much enthusiasm for creative arts. I know you'll love hearing her stories. Let's welcome her. Hi, Shannon, and welcome to the studio. Hi, it's so good to be here, Susan. It is indeed fun to get together. We are fellow Canadians, so we're just going to let our accents run with us today, okay? (laughs) Sounds good. Everything can be a question, eh? Because that's how Canadians do it. And quite a lot of apologies. Oh, I'm sorry I talked over you. (laughs) Oh my goodness, yes, you're so right. That is so Canadian. Anyway, let's get on to quilting. Um, As I always do, I'm, you know, scoping out your website and your Instagram account and all those things before we get online. And it, I love doing that because it gives me such a quick 30,000 foot view, if you will, of various artists and and their work and their, um, just their creative uh, ethic, if you will. So I'm curious though, how you got started in the world of quilting, because I know you didn't begin there. You were a corporate girl. How did that all come about? 
So it, yeah, my, my quilting journey was definitely not a straight path. Uh, in fact, Susan, I had discounted quilting as something I'd be interested in, like bar none. I was like, quilting? No, not for me. And so my sewing journey really started, I had been in the corporate world and um, I was feeling a lack of creativity and I was working long hours and I found myself in need of playing with color. And I had this thing with uh, textiles, like I was buying fabric and I wasn't really doing anything with it. Uh, and so I finally decided to uh, buckle down and just dive in and figure it out. And so I started sewing and I did that for a few years and I was making bags and aprons and pillows uh, and selling those in my Etsy shop. But it was like several years into doing that, that I stumbled upon a YouTube video and it was about uh, making half square triangles. And I was like, what is this? Like, this looks really cool. What is and this I HST was, business? Yeah, exactly. And uh, so I got curious and I decided to make one. And then one led to two and then two led to three. And before I knew it, I was making a bunch of half square triangles and loving it. Like the, I, it kind of dawned on me as I was making these half square triangles that what quilting is all about is um, piecing different fabrics together, right? Is combining different prints, different colors. And that is my jam. Like I, that from like when I was working on my, my pillows and, and bags, what I loved the most was creating these different combinations. And so I didn't realize that quilt, that was what quilting was all about. I really had this image that quilting was, I don't know, like tedious and long and cutting up bits of fabric and then you know taking this time to sew it all back together it seemed very boring to me mm -hmm. <laughs> which I know is horrible but that's honestly how I looked at it and it wasn't until I started making these half square triangles that I just I love them so much that I realized like I felt like I was finding my creative home and I that is how I got into quilting and I haven't looked back that was um that was about seven a little over seven years ago and I feel like I'm just scratching the surface of my creative journey within this creative realm. Yep. A whole bunch of thoughts arise from that. But one is, just in case our listeners don't know what a half square triangle is, it's a square made up of two triangles. Like, super easy. Used super easy. Used in a bajillion ways. There is no end to the creativity made up of that simple unit. Um, and then, too, I, in so many of the people that I talk to on the show entered quilting, you know, as a surprise and had yeah. these negative thoughts about it beforehand. But the truth is the quilting quote unquote world is so huge. There is no limit to the creativity in it and to the different things that people do within that phrase, you know, making quilts. Agree. It's it's a whole like there's so many different paths within quilting that you can go down and explore, which is kind of why I say I feel like I'm just scratching the surface because ever since, you know, this whole I had discounted quilting as something I'd been interested in, it really reaffirmed to me that never say never, right? Mm -hmm. Life is, you know, we sometimes have these um, images of things or we make decisions in our mind of what we are or are not going to be interested in. And the truth is, is that until you've actually tried it and actually explored it, you really never know whether it's going to be something that really resonates with you or not. Uh, and so it was just a really good reminder to be open to new possibilities and to be open to revisiting things that you may have thought in the past weren't for you. Right. Yep. Good advice. Excellent.
Okay, I have to ask this one. I can see hanging behind you in your studio, you have a quilted coat. I would love to know more about that. I mean, quilted coats are all the rage and yours is very unique. Describe it a little if you can. Okay, the one hanging behind me is, uh, it's set against um, gray, dark gray linen. And then uh, it's featuring my etched diamond design. And it's a uh, deep, deep burgundies and pops of fuchsia with lighter pink and a stripe, uh, a gray and white stripe. Um, and then a striped black and white binding to complete the uh, the edges, if you will. Uh, and this one, honestly, I didn't, I, I kind of had quilt coats I had garment sewing in the back of my mind, uh, but because I've just been so focused on quilting and there's so much to explore, I've been kind of leaving sewing garments off to the side. And it wasn't until uh, about a year ago that I Megan Megan Nielsen uh, from Megan Nielsen Patterns reached out to me about doing a collaboration. She was launching her Hovia coat and she was looking for makers to make them and bring their own uh, quilty flair to it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, and and so I um, hesitantly took it on uh, and I, I wrote back to her saying, I would love to do this, um, but I've never sewn a quilted coat. I, you know, I've never sewn a garment other than a pair of shorts in, in high school. Uh, so I really didn't know. I, I was nervous about taking it on. I'll be very honest. And um and so I was honest about that with her and she was like, not a problem. That's actually part of the reason why we're reaching out because she really wanted to show how easy it is to combine garment sewing and quilting. Good and she point. was so right. Like, yeah, yeah right. Uh, and so it's just so funny because we're both kind of on this mission to encourage people to dive into sewing or be creative with material, right? Uh, she comes at it from the garment sewing angle and I come at it from the quilting angle. So it was such a lovely meshing of our two ethos where we're really about encouraging people to really dive in and try something new. So I dove in and um, I didn't realize how much fabric it was going to take. That was one thing that, that surprised me about making a quilted coat, yeah. right? Like I thought quilts take a lot of material, but actually um, making a garment does take a lot of material too. Uh, and it was just, it was, it was another creative journey where I realized that again, it's like we build these things up in our mind when we think of something new. And we, I think we sometimes, at least I do, I, I over grandicize or I overthink complicate things. And once I actually dive into it, I realized oh, this isn't as complex as I thought it was going to be. And as long as you break things down and take it step by step, most things are very approachable. And uh, the quilted coat was exactly that. It was a re reconfirmation that if you dive in and you stick with it and you just take it step by step, things work out. And so we ended up, I, I loved it so much and she loved what I made so much. We ended up collaborating on um, a pattern extension to her Hovia coat. Uh, so the one you're seeing behind me is actually, it's a, it's a, a pattern extension in my shop that is, um, that goes along with her Hovia coat pattern. Love that. Love that. Very cool. Fun, right? So, yeah. so you have, like you have a range of offerings because you're a fabric designer, right? For sure. You're a pattern designer. 
No, I haven't. I, I haven't do- dove into designing fabric okay. yet. <laughs> uh, it is something that I've been kind of in the back of my mind. I've been um, playing with and uh, I draw a lot. Um, so I've been kind of collecting some of my designs and playing around with them. Okay. Um, but I haven't officially dove into that realm yet. So, but you do have patterns and your patterns are very distinctive in that they're quite graphic. They have quite a lot of negative space, which I, as a long arm quilter, absolutely adore. Lots of room to play. Um, Tell us more about your, your kind of, your kind of style in patterns. Sure. Um, So I come at quilting, um, I kind of, I feel like I kind of come at it from a little bit of a different angle in that I don't always think block based for my, my quilt patterns. At least that's not where the design originally starts. I kind of reconvert it into being a block based pattern. Um, but that's probably explains why I have so much negative space in there because I feel like I want the, the, uh, motif to breathe and be able to kind of float in I like in the that middle word. of your right breathing yes uh, so it's uh so I just I kind of just do my quilty things Susan like I when I sit down to design a pattern I really I really just kind of sit down and I and I really look internally and I just kind of play and so it's this organic evolution of my curiosity and my creativity coming together and um, resulting in some sort of normally very geometric and quite quite bold and graphic and very colorful. I, I'm very drawn to color. I feel that um, color gives me life and joy and really sparks my creativity just in, a, in and of itself. And so the combination of playing with shapes and graphic motifs and then adding in the, the punching of the colors in there, it's, it's, it fires me up. It's like it is the best thing to be able to do. And then to be able to translate that, um, you know, what often comes across as a complex image or or layout, um, being able to translate that in a way where it's easy for the uh, for the quilter at home to be able to follow the pattern and make it themselves and have success and not like give up on it halfway through. Right. <laughs> so, Shannon, who, who would you say your patterns are designed for, like in, in skill level? is kind of what I'm asking. So I have a, I have a variety of patterns. My patterns are built with uh, a novice in mind, but the actual designs themselves are, I would say, intermediate to advanced. So what I mean by that is I, I take complex ideas or complex designs and I make them super simple within my pattern designs and my layouts so that I walk you through each step. So even if you're relatively new to quilting, you can still dive in and achieve this. I really like that. I mean, there's the old adage about how do you climb a mountain one step at a time? How do you make a apparently complex quilt one step or seam at a time and you walk them through it? Um, a couple years back, I was teaching a class and um, low attendance, two ladies came and one of them happened to be a knitting pattern writer. So we got chatting. We had plenty of time to chat among the three of us. We got talking about writing instructions. And she was saying that when she was learning how to do it, I, I think she had gone to a class too. And her instructor gave them assignments. And one of them was to write out how to tie your shoelaces. And it was just an exercise in how to make things sequential and understandable. Like, do you find that's a skill you've really had to work on? Because you're, you're using, it's a visual thing and you're trying to describe how to do something 
in words on the printed page. Well, so, agreed. So um, interestingly, what I do is my patterns are actually he- um, both text and graphic heavy. So I okay. try and appeal to both the visual and the text-based learner. So we all have different learning uh, approaches, right? True. I tend to be very visual. And um, I've had some people respond back to me and say, I love your patterns because I don't even have to read the directions. I can just look at the pictures and I know what to do. Uh, But some people, pictures are not their gem. Like that's not how they learn. And so I spend a lot of time on trying to be very clear and uh, specific in the instructions that I give. And again, it's, it's all, for me, it all comes back to the layout and how you share that information. And I spend a lot of time on layouts and um, so that, from a visual standpoint, you can easily follow the instructions. And I've also recently um, added in uh, a track your progress, uh, like tick box that you can, it's interactive oh, if you're, because okay. um, I, I, I only offer my patterns digitally for the moment. Um, so if you're looking at it on your smart, on your tablet or on your screen, you can actually tick the tech the, the checkbox so that once you've completed a step, you can save your PDF and know, oh, okay, like when you come back to it, because we all know quilts take multiple days, weeks to, to complete. Mostly, this yeah. is not a, yeah, right. <laughs> and so I, I always think like, how do you make it easy when you've completed a step or you're halfway through a step and you've had to put it aside because life gets busy and we don't have just all day to quilt. Sadly. I wanted to write my, I know. <laughs> I wanted people to be able to uh, pick up where they left off and know exactly um, like, you know, know exactly where they left off, know exactly how many of their fat, how much of their fabric they've cut. So it's really all take like track your track your progress as you go. And so again, like I'm, I'm always trying to think of, I can't be there to walk you through it. So how can I include as much information and details in my patterns so that you feel like I'm there with you, walking you through it step by step. And then I throw in a whole bunch of links to additional tutorials and things so that if you need some additional details or, you know, insight onto, into how to do a, a quilting technique, you have that at your availability too. I was just going to ask that actually, because you're seeing that a lot in patterns and books these days, you know, the QR codes and link to this tutorial or that video. And yeah. it was kind of comical. My sister and I recently were going back through some of my mom's Um, books and she has passed away many years ago but her idea of a quilting pattern was a um, lined notebook and you know she grew up in in a small town Mennonite community and so they would exchange patterns but they were pencil drawings of shapes and then the pencil drawing of the templates and that was your pattern full stop yeah so the difference now um you know and they were counting on the knowledge of how to do it being passed down you know mother to daughter grandmother etc But now really anyone who has no background in sewing or fabric or even the processes of making a quilt, you know, the three layers, what in the world is the binding? Really anyone now can pick up these patterns. And it's, I love to know authors like you who really take the time to put in all those details. And is it advantageous for you too? Because for example, you can do a tutorial about applying binding and you can attach that same tutorial to every pattern. You don't have to keep rewriting that, right? Correct. So what I do is within, so specifically speaking to the binding. um, So normally my patterns are very heavily focused on the actual uh, piecing the quilt top. 
And then I have a finish it up section, if you will. So maybe and talk so about I, piecing then. Maybe talk about half square triangles. Do you teach that in one video and then just reference it in many different patterns? I, I do, but I, um, I within my pattern, so I don't always want someone to feel like they have to go to a whole bunch of different areas to go and get the information. I want to try and consolidate it in one one area. Okay. So yes, I have like I have um, additional information that you can go to. So uh, like I'm thinking of for my half square triangles. I linked to a blog post about how to trim them using different different techniques. So not everybody has the specialty rulers that they have. That you know, I mean, right. once you get there's into more quilting, than one way so to skin many... that cat. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so I'm always trying to think of well, if you're a new quilter, you're not going to necessarily have all of these tools and notions that as you're you know we tend to pick up along the way. So I, I try and think of, okay, basic tools that, you know, an entry level quilter might have, how are you going to do the, this technique and squaring up, I found very challenging for my brain when I first started quilting. So it's, it's those basic techniques that I like to include in my, in my patterns and within my blogs. And, um, you know, I'm really trying to demystify quilting. And really just make it so that, you know, you, you can get pi- get past all of the, well, how do you cut your fabric and how should you be pressing your fabric? And, you know, all of these, these um, tools and, and approaches and techniques that actually build upon one another to they help do. you achieve quilty success. And so it's, that's a lot of information to try and pack into one quilt pattern, which is where my quilt alongs come into play. Um, Because I feel that um, with some of the quilt alongs that I've done, they're really focused on trying to help walk you through and give you those additional details as you're going through it and as we're quilting together. Uh, So I'm thinking of my Shattered Star quilt along that I I, uh, hosted a couple of years ago. And that one took you through everything. Like, A to Z on how to do, how to press your fabric. So I did a lengthy video on why you should like um, pressing versus ironing, which is there's a difference. (laughs) And so, you know, and, and there's a whole, there's a whole video just on that. There's a whole video just on how to cut your fabric. Um, because when I first started cutting fabric, I cut in willy nilly and didn't understand the whole with the fabric cutting. Um, you know, there's certain techniques that help you, um, maximize your fabric yardage, which is always good since fabric is very expensive, uh, especially here in Canada. (laughs) Uh, it's, it's uh, not that it's clothing is not the, the most inexpensive hobby. And so I'm always trying to find ways of balancing that with um, ways that you can really maximize the tools and materials that you're bringing into your studio. Mm-hmm. And this is another flavor that I really saw in your blog posts, in your articles, in your website, was this idea that you said it well, maximize. I thought of it as, you know, low waste, using up what you have, how to make multiple things out of this piece of fabric, increasingly small things. Um, Is that really a theme for you and your business, Shannon? It is actually um, one of the, so two things. Um, One of the reasons why I only offer digital patterns is because I have a true love for trees. Uh, And um, I also think about uh, the delivery, you know, every delivery truck that goes by, like that's a, that's an impact on our environment. And so um, I made a conscious decision at the beginning to only offer my patterns digitally, which I know I keep getting requests to offer them as paper. I just, um, 
I haven't crossed that bridge yet. <laughs> Honestly, I'm with you on that because another thing that it does, I don't write very many patterns. I only have a few and mine are only digital as well. <clears throat> the cost of delivering them is so much lower and it makes the user's pattern cost stay way, way, way smaller than if we have to consider packaging and shipping and the time to print, package and ship. That makes a vast yes. difference. So the digital patterns are I mean, please come up to speed, people. It, it, it is the way to go. I wonder if you have any tips for saving them, because that is something I run into. You know, you purchase a digital pattern and you download it and then you don't purposely put it somewhere. And then the trick is finding it again uh, next year. Any tips? Right. So I do. So I have a folder. Um, well, I, I mean, obviously I have a folder for all of my patterns that I design, but then I have a community uh, folder for all of the patterns that I've purchased or that I've um, technical edited for uh, fellow quilters. Uh, so I have a bank of, you know, all of the patterns that, that from others that I've saved. So I have my folder for all of my patterns, and then I have another folder for all of the, what I call my com quilting community patterns. That makes good so, sense. Yeah. I, yeah, definitely. Like if you've purchased a pattern online, uh, definitely as soon as you get the download link, download it and save it to your pattern folder or your to make folder. You know, it all depends on how you set yourself up. We all have different ways. Uh, but yes, definitely. I have a dedicated, <clears throat> excuse me, a, I have a dedicated folder for my patterns. Yep, that makes really good sense. I think that's maybe one of the objections to the digital designs is they're so very easy to lose track of. So the answer is set up a system and then keep using it. Maybe even take notes, write yourself four or five steps. This is what I do when I purchase a digital design. That's a good idea. That's a very good point. You know, if, um, you're, if, but, you're, if you're of an age where that is not coming easily to you, get your grandkid <laughs> to write you down, <laughs> go here and then press this and then do that. And then there's your patterns. <laughs> Um, so the second part of your question was um, about working, like, how do I work with um, the small bits and how do I work with the scraps and how do I maximize my, my fabric usage? A big way that I incorporate sustainability into my quilting practice is through improv, which I know can be very scary for a lot of people uh, quilting without a pattern and just diving in. I find it super liberating. I, I actually call them my freedom sessions because I feel that once I've worked on a patterned quilt project, it's nice to kind of break free from the uh, rigidity. And what I mean by that is just like having to follow specifically the, the directions that have been outlined for me. I like to break out of that and just kind of let loose and see where my creativity takes me. This is a quilter's version of a palette cleanser. Yes, exactly. That's a great way of saying it. Um, and so I, I tend to, to kind of bounce between working on a pattern project and doing some improv. And oftentimes my improv will kind of flow from my pattern project because I always have these scraps and they're often sitting on my, my sewing table as I'm working. And funnily enough, oftentimes my, my trimmings excite me more than my, my pattern pieces. Like the, just cause I'm like, Ooh, what are the possibilities with those weird trimmings that are sitting there? Uh, and so I, I do, I feel like it kind of appeals to my left and right side brain. I've got, you know, uh, yeah, it just it appeals to my structured side and then my my more liberated just wanting to see and explore and try new things. And I think improv is a really great way to 
connect with fabric and really understand how fabric behaves. Because when you try things willy nilly, you know, like just cutting freehand um, and then piecing it back together, you have to learn how fabric reacts and how seam allowances work and, uh, you know, navigating not straight edges. Um, so all of these things, I find that improv allows you the freedom to explore without having this like idea of what you need to make at the end of the day and it just kind of opens up and it's like okay my seam's not laying flat what can I do with it well what what happens if I slice through it and so it's the I really consider it my well what what if like what happens if and and it's like the the whatever blank you want to fill in there uh, is up to you it's just whatever that day you're you're wanting to explore it's it's yeah it's so liberating it is so liberating to you, dive you into have that. so inspired me because I am a quite structured person in the things that I do. I like to know where I'm going when I start. And I this falls hugely under the heading of try new things. I have not yes. been one to try improv, but you have prodded me and I'm going to go do that. <laughs> Oh, I'm so excited so to hear that. that. <laughs> well, uh, if I if I may, um, we uh, so we uh, Amanda from Broadcloth Studio and I we're currently uh, in our second year of hosting the Thirty Days of Improv Quilt Along, and it's a free uh, it's a free quilt along where we um, we send out a weekly email and we include prompts to help guide you. So we kind of give you a structure uh, on how to set yourself up to dive into improv. So this is for someone who's never done improv right through to people who are well versed in improv, but just want different ideas to help continue to challenge themselves. Uh, And so we send out these weekly prompts and then everybody's encouraged to share those, their blocks on Instagram so that we can all see what you're coming up with. And it is the most inspiring, inspiring quilt along that that we host. It is so fun to see people go from totally nervous and totally fearful of working without a pattern to by the end of the quilt along realizing what fun improv can be. Yes. So I have a very dear friend who actually is is following along on that quilt along and posting photos of it. And um, well, it's at Mama Pris, so you probably see her on Instagram too. Oh, I have. Yes, yes. absolutely. Okay, so we're, we're friends in real life. And it has been, she's much like me, right? She typically follows a pattern or, you know, has particular types that she gravitates toward. And it's fascinating to watch her kind of spread her wings and fly. And so I want that to be an encouragement to our listeners that you don't need to come with any preset of, you know, skill level or idea or taste in quilts just come and play exactly exactly i mean to me it is our opportunity to rediscover things that that's what improv is for me it's reconnecting with my creative instincts it's it's the best way for you i found for myself to reconnect with my creative instincts and i will say like it the first time I tried improv, I was kind of like, what am I doing? But that's kind of the fun, right? It's like, I, I Amanda and I were just joking the other day. Um, I was commenting on one of her reels and she was tapping her fingers. And I was like, oh my God, I tap my fingers all the time on my on my cutting board as I'm like 
hmm, what am I going to do next? What do I want to do? And so it was just so funny that we both have this this approach. And even though we kind of approach our improv from different angles, uh, we we have similarities in that we're just kind of being in the moment and being open to what captures uh, captures our our eye and our our curiosity and exploring it and it's just so fun to see what you end up coming up with i mean here's the thing when i set to you know step up to my cutting mat when i'm doing improv i never know what's going to come out like i don't know what the end result is going to be it's as much a surprise to me as it is to you uh which i think is super fun we, it is. we you know there's so much in life that is um predictable or, you know, routine or, you know, uh, predictable is the best word that I can think of. Uh, and so improv is just the, it's the delight and the surprise. It is. And boy, it just adds a whole nother layer to the truism that, you know, quilting is my therapy. I mean, truly it is art therapy to get in and play with fabric and not know what the end result will be and just explore that cannot help, but be good for us. All right. This has been so great. We could just chat stories forever. I know we could, but time is going. Um, I wonder if you have a small nugget of wisdom that you'd like to leave with our listeners can be about quilting or crafting or absolutely anything in life. I think the biggest thing is to have no fear. And what I mean by that is not that you're never going to experience fear. What I mean by that is recognize that you're fearful about something, but dive in anyways. I often have learned that the best stuff is just outside my comfort zone. And so if I encourage myself to push myself outside my comfort zone, then I discover new things and I grow and then my comfort zone has grown. And so you know, the as I keep pushing myself outside my comfort zone, I keep learning and I keep growing and my fears, you know, are reduced, they dissipate, right? Every time that, whether it works out or not, because not everything works out. And that that's part of the fun too, is, you know, learning how to navigate when things don't go your your way. I mean, life, life doesn't always go our way, right? There's, there's lots of trials and tribulations that we all face in, in different ways. Uh, and I think that what's fun about quilting is that it re, reaffirms to us and it shows us that we can dive into things that we don't know and that scare us. But that it's only fabric and there's the worst outcome that can happen is that you don't like what you make and you throw it in the garbage and you you do something else. And the best outcome is you end up with a happy surprise. Yes. Which often happens. Yes, except more often than not, I have found that when I've confronted my fear and pushed myself, good things happen. And at the very worst, what I've I've learned is that I've learned something. I, you know, whether it works out or not, I've grown, I've learned. And isn't that what life is all about? Is pushing ourselves to evolve and not just stay in our comfort zone and and limit ourselves from the possibilities that exist just outside our comfort zone. So true. So do you have any exciting new projects on the horizon that we'd like to know about? I do, actually. I am gearing up to host a uh, quilt along uh, featuring my winter star quilt. And this one is really focused on encouraging new quilters to join the fun. And it's focused on making a quilt that by the end of the sew along, you'll have ready for the holidays to either gift to someone you love oh, or perfect to keep timing. yourself. Yes. 
Uh, and I don't know, you know, winter is very cold here in Canada, um, as I'm sure you know. I do. Uh, and so I think, yeah, <laughs> I think having a um, custom made quilt to snuggle in over the winter holidays is the best way to show that you love and care. Either share, show love for yourself or show love for someone that you uh, that like a family member or a friend, someone that you care about is the best way to show you love. I agree. And there was another thing, right? There is. I can't say too much about it. I'm just going to tease that I have a collaboration project coming out with Amanda uh, from Broadcloth Studio again. Uh, and we have something very exciting coming out later this fall that we're, we're really excited to share and uh, release. So... If people want to know those details, they should what? Sign up for your newsletter because then they would be the first to know, right? Yes. That, okay. The best way to stay up to date is to uh, sign up for my newsletter, which you can find the link to do so on my website at shannonfraserdesigns.com. Great. And listeners, Shannon has all kinds of things on the hob all the time. So I advise you to sign up for her newsletter. Just so you know what they all are and you're bound to find something that will appeal to you there. Well, Shannon, this has just been a joy. I will put links in the show notes to your website, your blog posts. I mean, we didn't even get talking about your gorgeous tutorials, and there are dozens of those. Um, there much more we could say. Maybe we'll get together again in a few months. But I will oh, put I would links. love that. Okay, let's do it. Let's make a date. It's been a joy. Okay. Thank you so much. It has been a total joy. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. That was a wonderful visit with Shannon, wasn't it? Did you pick up any Canadianisms as we were talking? I have recently chatted to several quilters who've never listened to a podcast. Seriously, they do not know what they're missing. So would you take a moment to share Measure Twice, Cut Once with them? You can share the link to any one episode, or they can easily visit my website, podcast.stitchedbysusan.com, and from there, choose an app to listen on. There's a variety of choices. And in just a few seconds, a whole new world will open. So until next time, may your sorrows be patched and your joys be quilted. <laughs>